Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to Flightcast, the aviation podcast that makes all of your flying hopes and dreams come true. This is a show inspired by the mobile flight simulator Infinite Flight with a lot of real-world aviation mixed in. Joining me in the Flightcast virtual recording studio is Mark Denton, Mr. Skyhawk Heavy. How are you, Mark? Hey buddy, what's going on? I'm doing good. Mark, we also have uh, co-host number two today, Mr. Joe Riley. Co-host-ish, yes. Hey, Joe. Co-host light. <laughs> co-host light. light. <laughs> Thanks for being here, man. I am the beta co-host. Hey, what's going on? Well, uh, Mark, we should talk about your new, not new, newly publicized Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah, it's not new. It's just now been made public. You um, had uh, decided to get a little more into aviation photography and in so doing needed a place to post those and so you separated your personal one and your uh skyhawk heavy account so why don't you give yeah, a little plug well i didn't even know i had a personal one um until you had told me about it i didn't know that either yeah jason uh, told me about it when i started uh skyhawk heavy and i was like i had no idea and there was one picture on it which i don't even know how that even got started when it started but um was able to get in and change all the credentials in it so um but yeah i've, I've kind of moved i was using skyhawk heavy as everything but i've I'm kind of moved some of the the pictures with matthew and stuff like that over to my personal page uh, or the personal instagram which that one will remain private cool um, so you're going to be posting some aviation photos for us at skyhawk heavy yeah, at Skyhawk Heavy is strictly going to be, you know, for aviation photography, uh, which obviously, and I can admit, I'm still a noob completely at uh, this photography using a DSLR, but uh, I'm learning. Um, but, um, you know, it's going to be primarily for aviation photography or, you know, just any kind of photography that I do. And I'll, I'll probably still post pictures, like if Matthew and I are at an air show next weekend, uh, we're going to a fly-in uh, at a small local field. And, uh, so I'll probably post pictures of us there and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that way there's still a little bit of a personal touch on the Skyhawk heavy page. And so I did that. And plus on Twitter, uh, my account is at Skyhawk heavy and I've created a page on Facebook, um, a business page, which is just strictly Skyhawk heavy. So that way the tags are synonymous across the board on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Skyhawk heavy. Now, the one on Facebook, of course, is uh, I have it private right now because I'm in the process of setting it up. So, um, you know, I'll post something once I get that up and running. So, but, uh, you know, it really all, uh, it's really all coming together. Uh, thank you, Jason, for the new logo. Um, looks real nice. Yeah, oh, it looks real nice. nice. Well done. I, well, I, you know, I went to Jason and I was talking to him because, you know, I can help others with logos, uh, help them create their own. And, um, but when it came time to redoing mine, which mine was a little outdated and I just wanted to, to make it more modern. And for several days, I was just sitting here racking my brain with it. And so uh, I talked to Jason and Jason said he'd take a crack at it. And what two or three drafts, Jay. And we finally uh, got the end result. Yeah. 
I would say, well, I mean, you, I didn't show you my working file. It has a lot of garbage on oh. it. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I, only mean, I went through, through, I went through several iterations of it before I bothered to show you anything, but yeah, it was, no, it was fun. And I wanted to do something. I'd been wanting for a long time to do a logo with some, with a, that negative space sort of idea. And right. this one was perfect because the, the A in heavy is right in the center and so it was it just worked out really well so yeah, you guys can I see it, it over at uh, skyhawk heavy on instagram my favorite part was the uh, out of focus picture in the background <laughs> oh, my God. oh on the showcase that was the uh, american tale i will have yeah. you know that the picture mark took is perfectly in focus and <laughs> yeah uh, jay did that just for you joe yeah, yeah. i know yeah cool well but, uh, um excited about it man that was a very comprehensive Mad- rundown of your social media thank you yeah, uh, my to... ins- my Instagram can be found at <laughs> and at <laughs> so um, good. So we'll look for Joe. Feel there. free to follow me if you want. Yeah. So basically, it'll be at at beep. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Or at beep. <laughs> yes. Either one, of either one will work. Yeah, unless one you're a, unless you're a Flightcast Cafe subscriber, in which case they they'll they'll hear the actual ones. You'll be yeah. greatly disappointed by what the actual beep covered up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, guys, um, did you guys know uh, Infinite Flight is coming out with a major update pretty soon uh, where they're going to release Global Flight? I've heard mention of it. I mean, we've talked about it at FDS and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've heard a thing or two about it, but uh, you know these people keep talking about an update, and I'm just not sure what's going My on. My biggest so. question is: Will Dallas be included in the update? <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Uh, oh, I got a message uh, on our Instagram last night that said, "Will this airport <laughs> be in there?" And the airport is already in the public version of Infinite Flight. <laughs> yes, JFK will be included in the global update. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah, Half Moon Bay is in there. Trust me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, to to our listeners who may not know what in the world is happening right now, they the Infinite Flight is releasing uh, at some point in the near future um, a, a regionless version so if if you download it right now you get a few regions for free and then uh, that includes a certain number of airports per region and uh, you can buy extra ones and so the global update is coming as as it's being referred to and um infinite flight developer philippe made a post about global on the forum and uh it's pinned to the top of the forum right mark that's correct community.infinite-flight.com uh, and listeners should go read it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, they, it's on our Instagram page. Um, I put the link in our bio to where you can go directly to that page and read it. So, Or uh, we could take an entire episode and dissect the whole post. Oh, we could do that. I think that that's too. what needs to happen because reading and comprehending are, are two totally separate <laughs> things. Okay, well, let's table it, that idea since we do have a guest oh, waiting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I could and, do a whole one of those by myself. Oh, I'm going to set you up with the uh, recording and I'm going to let you do that, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Take you up Cafe on that. Cafe Live. 
<laughs> oh no, no, no! You don't get to go live. That's not what I said. No. Uh, so, guys, we'll Damn. talk about this next thing uh, more in the fall. But it's looking very likely that we'll be back at Warbird Weekend at DeKalb Peachtree Airport in Atlanta this October. Yes. And uh, I'm excited to get the gang back together, and possibly with Joe. Possibly I got no babies Joe. on the way that I know of that I'm going to have to be around for. So uh, it's a good time. It's a good time for me to and make it's, the trip. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah buddy. Joe there. <laughs> I bring the party. I, that's what I, I said, uh, uh, Joe, you know, I don't know if this group is the type of party and group that you think it might be. And he said, oh, I bring the party. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get out often. So when I do, to the wall, y'all can come or not. I, we're going to have fun. I'm going to have fun. So. Well, uh, we're about It'll to bring fun. in a guest into the conversation that uh, it sounds like you'd get along great with. Uh, he was trying desperately to get us to come down to the hotel bar <laughs> when we were in San Francisco. Yeah, you'd have uh, to get me to leave. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, well, and on that note, there's a great segue to bring our guest in here. Uh, Val Horner works for Flying Development Studio and is one of the geniuses responsible for the coding of Infinite Flight. He joins well, us genius. from... Uh... <laughs> you going to interrupt my intro? I am because I don't know if I can. I I, I just can't accept the word. I thought painted. Mark. I thought your exact words were the cam of FDS. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. You know what, you, probably more realistic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we should roll the live flight out right now, just in, just instead. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, I'm not even going to redo that. He's joining us from his home in Denver, Colorado. Hey Val, welcome back to Flightcast. Hi. <laughs> I've been keeping silent all this time, suffering, hearing you. <laughs> that sounded like Dr. Seuss coming up into the podcast. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, Too bad there's no video of me showing up. That's of, right. So, uh, Val, welcome back, and um, thank you for making time for us on Flycast again. I appreciate this. Well, thank you for inviting me. We got to know you a little bit on the live podcast in San Francisco. And of course, Mark and I got to know you in person and, and hang out a little bit. Uh, but we did have a lot of ground to cover on the live podcast with a lot of people in the room. So um, I appreciate you coming back to chat with us a little bit. Um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself for those who are uninitiated? Um, where are you from and how did you get into programming? Um, so I'm from France. Um like Laura, Philip, and Kevin. Um, and um, so I come from, yes, uh, the, the east of France, like near Switzerland, the Alps, the mountains. So that's also why I'm living in Colorado now. In Lyon? Um, yeah, not really. I studied in Lyon, yes, but okay. uh, all more in the mountains. Um and um, how do you get into programming? Well, um, I think it was when I was 16, I got, uh, you know, those uh, high school calculator, graphic calculators, the TI calculators. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can, you can program on those. Um, so um, I had a few games on it. And I started to look into uh, the code itself because you can uh, you can run the game, but you can also edit the game and see what is inside. And uh, that's how I learned to code. Actually, I looked at it and uh, started to fiddle with it and uh, 
and then started to make my own games. Um, and uh, from yeah, so that's basically I learned like very basic level of programming with that, and then from then on I uh, I learned um, uh, on a website how to code in C uh, on computers, um, and um, yeah, I made a bunch of full programs when I was in high school, and then started to do some three D with um, OpenGL, which is actually what we're using on Infinite Flight too. Um, and then I went to um, to um, a uh, software engineering school in France, uh, which is the same than Kevin, Philip, and Laura uh, went to. Um, so yeah, that's how I uh, learned to code. Okay, it's kind of crazy that at least three of you took a very very similar path. Um, you know, having grown up in the same region ish, and then uh, gone to the same technology school, and then all heading over to the Silicon Valley looking for work. Uh, yeah, and, and what is interesting is that I didn't actually know them until I went to the Bay Area and until I was done with school. So I didn't meet them because they were near me in France or I didn't meet them because they went to the same school uh, because I went to, like, I think when I started to go to that school, they were already done um, studying. So I just met them through... Uh, friends and family and you know just a big network of of uh, software engineers um all over the planet of that went to that school and uh yeah we i guess it was meant for us to meet and um uh but i didn't work with uh an infinite, infinite flight right away i took a few years um of me playing infinite flight starting to do you know the flight tracker um um and uh, hanging out with Laura and uh, until one day I just was looking for a job and I was have been wanting to work on Infinite Five for a long time. So uh, when the opportunity showed up, I uh, I uh, jumped on it. Awesome. And um, so you mentioned your flight tracker. I that's an Android app, correct? Yes. So. I'm not an Android user, so I've never actually used your app. Can you can you tell us how you were you sort of just introduced to the Infinite Flight API at some point and thought that would be a cool thing to add? Yes, I think uh, I think I was a tester at that time, um, and Laura um, showed us a uh, um, Google Map with uh, the planes on it. Uh, she quickly made that because she made an API. Um, that allowed us to know where the planes are. So API is basically an interface uh, so that anyone outside of Infinite Flight can access information about Infinite Flight. Um, and so this API allows us to know where flight, where planes are um, in the world uh, that are being played on Infinite Flight Live. And uh, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool, I'm going to make an Android app because at this time I was a full-time Android developer. Um, so I made this little uh, Android app that is kind of like a live flat app. With, uh, my app has less features than live flight app and some that live flight app, app doesn't have. Uh, but basically, it's very close to the same thing. It's you're looking at planes on the map. Uh, you can tap on them and see uh, the stats, the XP, the what plane is being flown, um, 
but livery and everything. So you can, uh, it's basically like Life Flight app, but just pure Android. Okay. And is this something that you want to continue to support moving forward? Uh, yeah, well, right now it's just, you know, doing fine by itself. I could add more features, but I'm lazy. Um, and uh, you also have a just, job. Yeah, also, you know, yeah, it's just I, I was, you know, I had the passion of uh, programming from early on and I was doing programs uh, when I was in high school for fun. But then when it starts to be your job, um, it just sometimes when it's like six o'clock, you've don't feel like coding anymore you just feel like doing something else um so it's it just it's not that i have less time it's just that it, i don't feel like always the need to code and some days i'll be like oh yeah let's uh, add this feature in the flight tracker but it's true it's been a it's been a little while since uh, since i've added new features but um with global coming there's going to be need for um, a little update yeah, uh, of course. Okay, well, let's let's talk a little bit about global. Um, or actually, before we do, you you did mention that you were programming in C, and then uh, so what 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 are you mostly in right now with uh, Infinite Flight? Well, Infinite Flight is uh, C sharp, um, so it's the Microsoft uh, technologies .NET C sharp. It's uh, um, because we have a platform that we're using that works over um, Android and iOS, and uh, we just need to code in C Sharp, and it works on all platforms. Okay. Um, so, yeah, C Sharp, uh, before that, I mean, it's really uh, programming. I don't think, um, you know, you can, say, you can say, okay, I'm very fluent in C Sharp because, okay, I've been using it for a year now, nonstop, within FedFlight. But then before that is the Java, which is for Android uh, mostly, uh, and a bunch of other stuff too. But because I was Android, I was doing Java before that. Um, I, I did a bunch of programming languages, but I don't feel like I'm you know a pro on a, either any of them actually. It's just uh, depending on the job I have, depending on the project we're on. I'll switch to from one language to another. There's a lot of similarities between all those languages. What you are a um, pro at is adding bugs. Yeah, uh, adding bugs is uh, is kind of you know I feel like testers don't have much to do, so I just want them to not be bored and have bugs to hunt. It's nice, uh, no, it's nice of you. I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, the bugs. It's you know it's something you try to avoid all the time, and when you code a feature. Uh, you're trying to think about everything that could happen when you code it and try to make you know safeguards to to protect the code from crashing. And then um, you know you have testers flying doing weird things and then it crashes and you're like, I didn't even think about that stuff. And that's how a bug happens. That's what these that's are how what crash we call happens. unintended consequences. Yeah. And um I guess I don't think any developer is uh, is can make bug proof code it's always uh, you know iterations of writing the code then testing saying where you know where it works where it doesn't and redoing it and multiple times so that's why testers are very helpful for us to to find out what's wrong so when we actually release the final um products people are actually enjoying it and are able to use it correctly yeah 
Joe's really stepped up his testing game lately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I made uh, I made Val flip his monitor upside down once with a video that Mark sent him because you know my dumb <laughs> couldn't record it the right way. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, despite you know being having being so close to being done like code wise, feature wise, uh, as Philip uh, said on his uh, global post, he said like we're almost feature complete, which means that. Every every feature of the the flight simulator is in there, uh, but now are they are all those features working? That's not the case all the time. Right. So, so if we so if we want to start requesting you add more features, now's the time to do it. Uh, no, it's too late. No, I just <laughs> oh man. No, I mean the issue is also we're we're not many people working on this. Um, we know we want so many features in global um, and adding more features means not only taking the time to implement them, but also taking the time of testing them and fixing them when they break. So it, it might seem simple. Hey, can you just add this little thing? But at the end, this little thing can make a lot of other problems afterwards and, and then adding more time to you know, when we release the uh, global, global. Oh, we, so, don't, we don't want to add more time, Val. Let's and you don't want to add more time. Crazy. So there's one day we have to decide, okay, we stop adding features and we just work on uh, using less memory so we can uh, run it on um, uh, older devices, uh, improving performances also because sometimes it will lag. Um, so, yeah, it's just, there's, it's less, it's less fun. It's a part that's less fun to do, but it's very important. This uh, this last build's been great. This last one's worked, you know, by far been the best one we've gotten. Yeah, definitely. Well, sure. there's still work to do, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the goal is to have you know each new build getting better and better until it's perfect um, yeah. or close to perfect. I have to say too, like when you say feature complete um, for global, I, I think you guys have a fantastic set of new features. Oh yeah, um, I was halfway kidding. No, but I I mean everyone's when you when it's released, everybody's gonna start chirping about what they want that it doesn't have, right? And and uh, that that's gonna happen with any release. But I mean, I think from my perspective, you've got some you've got some really cool stuff going on. It's gonna be. Uh, at least in the in the testing phase, it in spite of some of the bugs, it's been super yeah. fun to be testing. Yeah, and and it doesn't mean that hey, we release global. That's it. We're going for on vacation for ten years. See you. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's it's we keep adding updates and updates and updates. So features aren't on the first version of global will be on the second, third. I don't know. We have we have time and we have a lot of ideas. Um, and just, uh, yeah, give us the time first. Yeah. Hey, speaking of ideas, um, the option to the, I, I was chatting with Laura the other day and people have been, um, really want a huge feature request is a end flight confirmation pop-up. Uh, and that feature is coming out with global. 
I believe. It's coming out for sure in a future release, but I'm right? pretty sure it's coming out. So, <laughs> um, if, if you saw that with Laura, maybe, I mean, you yeah. know, or maybe you learn to use your fingers and stop tapping uh-huh. on that flight. You know, Joe. I mean, <laughs> I mean you, you're, 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 adding, you're, you're adding more steps yeah. to something that is like, okay, there's a big button that says end flight. So if you wow. tap on it, I just end the flight. Yeah. You also, sound- the direct to button has screwed me over a couple times here lately, too. Instead of the add the flight plan, the direct to because oh. mm-hmm. uh, you, know, you don't plan. have like a 50 you know waypoint flight plan going and then you hit direct to like you know what i quit i'm done Just mark <laughs> do the flight plan that's why i don't do it <laughs> yeah now i will say i'm very proud of joe that here lately um over the past what several weeks a month or so joe's actually been filing the flight plans i know oh not only that not only that but like following procedures arrival procedures and stuff yeah he's pulled the stars and the sids and everything yeah yeah that's half the that's half the fun now wow you can actually do it listen to that it's it's instead of seeing joe on slack going just tell me when and where that's all i don't do any of that (laughs) now we get to benefit from Now we just get a message saying, I'm flying from here to here. Uh, Flight plan filed. Yeah. (laughs) See you there. I love it. But then you have Mark telling you everything you've done that's wrong. You're like, look, man, I just pulled it off flight aware. That's what they did. So that's what (laughs) I did. So if Delta is wrong, you know somebody, write him a letter. Okay. I'll do it. (laughs) And he will. Mark, have you heard of Live Flight for Infinite Flight? Yeah, man. I've used it to track flights and to see which regions and airports are busy before, you know, planning my flight. Right. Well, as you probably know, a new version of Live Flight is now available at liveflightapp.com. This new version is better than ever and has been rebuilt from the ground up. With the new design, more flight stats, a search feature, and airport information, tracking and planning your flight is easier than ever. Oh, man, I know. And now with the new downloadable KML files, you can download your flight data to any Earth browser, such as Google Earth. It's so cool. Absolutely. And if that wasn't enough, you can now subscribe to Live Flight Horizon, a new service for only $1.99 a month that provides real-time, worldwide airport information such as weather, runway data, and charts. It also allows you to search for flights, active ATC frequencies, and airports. And as a Live Flight Horizon subscriber, you'll also get much longer online sessions, and you'll be helping Cam to keep developing and improving this great app. So guys, make sure you head over to liveflightapp.com to give it a try, and also subscribe to Live Flight Horizon. It will make your infinite flight experience so much better. Live Flight is now available in the App Store for iOS. And now back to the podcast. So Val, back to um, global for a minute. Yeah. On the live podcast in San Francisco, we learned that you're responsible for some of the UI, uh, but mostly uh, airports right now. So can you tell us in in what way that's true? Is it true? Uh, yes. Um, so I worked on the UI at the beginning because I wanted to. Uh, uh, I don't know if you remember last year um, on Android. Well, nobody here uses Android, uh, nope. but shame. Um, on Android, there is software buttons for back home and uh, multitasking. And the issue were was that uh, on Infinite Flight, those software buttons were still there. It wasn't using the full screen app. And uh, that's basically the first thing I worked on because I was 
an Android developer, I knew more about Android and I knew what to do. And uh, it ended up being much more complex than I thought. And it ended up uh, needing a lot of changes into the code for the UI. UI being, you know, user interface buttons and all that stuff. Um, so that's how I ended up doing some UI and um, like in Infinite Flight, like in many other projects, when you start to change some part of the code, you kind of become the owner of that code. So as soon as they needed something to be done on the UI, Laura or Philip would ask me to, hey, can you change that button? Can you look at optimizing the UI and stuff like that? So that's how I ended up starting with uh, with the UI. And then with Global, um, well, since before Global, we have regions that, are, that have airports. Uh, like Basically, regions are like one degree wide and tall. So we had a set number of airports um, but with global, we have the 40,000 airports in the whole planet to deal with. So, uh, those are a lot of work and I'm, I think I'm almost done with it. There's still some tweaks to do performance improvements, of course, but, uh, for almost a year, I've been working on those airports and, uh, how to explain, um, yeah, as I said on the on the San Francisco podcast, um, you have those forty thousand airports. You cannot have them all on your phone um, at, at the same time. It would take too much space, too much memory. It would crash right away. So we try to have uh, the airports uh, being loaded only when you are near one. So there's a lot of um, a lot of work into optimizing. Uh, the way we store the airports, the way we request the airports, the way we load them so it doesn't stutter. Um, and the rendering of the airport had to be redone, moved somewhere else. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, um, a lot of aspects to airports that at first I thought it's going to be pretty easy. And actually, it's yeah, it was it was a big big so, uh, task in terms of rendering and optimizing it, how how close do you have to be and we're still speaking of global here how close do you have to be to an airport before it renders and it's not using the default uh well i've been trying different things actually uh basically when you render an airport there are pavements there are markings um there are lights um so and there's all the elevation data because we flatten the terrain. Uh, we try to, to make it so that the terrain uh, is flat at this location so that we can put the airport on it without it being all weird. Uh, because elevation sometimes has little bugs in it where like you have a little mountain in the middle of uh, San Francisco airport, for example. Mm-hmm. So we try to, to flatten the airport so that it's um, um, level, basically. We try to level the airport there. Uh, so all this this uh, stuff has to be stored um, has to be stored at different places, and because of that, we can choose how far away we can start to render. So I've tried lately. Until now, the airports would show up just like a few miles away from you, so it would just pop out of nowhere. Uh, but the latest version I've been working on, the pavements are being drawn very far away. Uh, like very far, 
because it doesn't cost much actually. Pavements are pretty light. It's just a few points and you just fill that with uh, pavements or pavement or concrete. So that is rendered really far. And then the markings are rendered when you get very close because the markings are very thin. So they're not visible until you get almost on the airport. And weird uh, things happen with thin lines if you do it too far away, right? Um, well, yeah, there's um, aliasing, aliasing, it's called. Uh, anti-aliasing, uh, yeah. Well, anti-aliasing is to avoid aliasing. And there's also, I don't remember all the names. There's just so many complex names with 3D stuff. But uh, yeah, there's just, if the lines are smaller than a pixel or close to the size of a pixel, they'll just be like all messed up. So and anyways, it's pointless because you don't even see them. So we don't render them until they're re-needed. And the markings are what is the heaviest because there's a lot of points to draw. Um, so really less and the, the closest we can, we'll draw uh, the markings. And uh, between that, there's the lights, uh, there's the runways. Um, and um, so we'll see that then we'll see how it goes with the testing. It's not ready yet, but uh, uh, we'll see how it behaves with performance wise. It could, it might be using a little more memory. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sometimes it just, you have to try to test it to see how it goes, if it works, if it improves performances and also stays visually good. So Val, you mentioned, uh, you know, if you're sort of assigned a piece of code now, you kind of, you're kind of the owner of it in the, you know, yeah. in terms of the, the head developer for that section. Are you guys using any type of version control? Yeah, of course. Without version control, we're, no, there's no, there's no software that is being done uh, seriously without version control. It's like, even for a single person, it's very useful. So version control for people that don't know what it is. Uh, how to explain that? <laughs> well, it's like a repository of code where you can create branches off of it for yourself to work on, and you can clone the project so you're not interfering with anybody else, right? And then if you yeah, want yeah. to um, commit but, a piece but, of code, you can commit it back into the... Yeah, but the, here you're using keywords that are known for people that use version control, clone, commit, you know, uh, branch. Yes, right, okay. Um, if, if we were to explain it simply, it's... Um, it's more like you when you write code, um, you put it into a, a repository, so on a storage somewhere else on a server, and uh, every time you add new code, you you add it to this um, to this storage, and you basically have a history of all the modifications you made on this code. It's like a time machine. Um, exactly like a time machine, actually. You will have every single change you made to this file, you will have a history of it, and you can roll back to older version of the code. You can see which pieces of code have been changed by whom. Um, you can create your own kind of mini repository by making a branch, and there you can work by yourself or work with someone else, and then you can bring back the code you worked on uh, from this branch into the main uh, the master branch, which is where everyone is. Or, um, yeah, so it's it's pretty specific to code. I don't think there's many other applications for it. Um, and, of course, it's very needed. So we, we uh, host it on GitHub, and we use Git uh, for source control. Yeah. It's it's very standard pretty thing. Standard, um, yeah. 
yeah, uh, there are other options, but Git is the most uh, most used, I guess. Um, it's pretty powerful and can be very complex. So sometimes you have to do Git surgeries because um, you did something wrong with it. It messes up everything. You have to go back. Like uh, this weekend, we got into something uh, because we brought code too early into our one of our branches, and I had to like do like eh, things that are not very clean to just bring back the code to how it was before. So it was interesting to do. But um, yeah, so we use Git uh, for uh, version control. Cool. Um, yeah, it's very powerful, but yeah, can be very complex too. Let's bring Joe and Mark back in because I know they've just zoned out for the last few minutes. I think I, think I heard snoring. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I like to get um, I like to get technical once in a while because I know we have people who are uh, wanting the answers to some of these questions. Uh, right. So you work for a company that is famous for their flight simulator. I mean, Flying Development Studio has really only built infinite flight at this point. So uh, are, are you into aviation at all be, uh, beyond uh, working for uh, Flying Development Studio? So planes and things like that? Yeah, um, yeah. do planes interest you? <laughs> um, so actually, I've, I've always been a little bit interested with planes when I was younger, but since my brother was the plane guy, he, he actually has his uh, uh, pilot's license. Um and he works on um, uh, aircraft maintenance. He's an engineer. Uh, oh, cool! I've I've kind of decided. Okay, I'm going to do something else because he's the plane guy. I have to do something else. And I was already into computers a lot. So um, for a long time, I was just a computer guy. I didn't know much about planes until uh, until uh, like what five. Six years ago, when I started to, I think it was the uh, Rotos uh, aircraft uh, carrier landing something app. Um, I played a lot on it, but it kind of felt wrong. It didn't feel very realistic. Uh, and I think one day I just discovered Infinite Flight. And that's when I actually was like, wow, that's easy to use. But at the same time, it's pretty freaking realistic. I mean, I, I don't know. I never flew a plane by myself, but it felt like all the features, the flaps, the spoilers, the, 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 <clears throat> the I don't know, so many things you could do with a flight simulator on the phone. Mm-hmm. That was insane yeah. at that time already. And, um, and I learned to fly f- uh, using using infinite flights and uh, that's when I started to get really into planes and especially uh, um, uh, airliners I mean into not too crazy still but I was starting to look up on in the sky looking trying to figure out which plane it is what livery it is uh, just the beginner stuff um, and uh, and one day my brother was uh, visiting me in the U.S. and I was like, "Oh, it's a 737." And uh, and my brother was like, "Hey, since when you know about planes?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, "Oh, I just got into like playing in fish flight and getting into the community." Uh, so yeah, that's how I. It's really in fish flight that made me get into uh, aviation. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I started to work for Infinite Flight. So then I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm working. I'm working for a flight simulator. I'm, I better start to be serious about planes because uh, 
that's inexcusable to not be uh, into planes and work on a flight simulator. Um, Unless you're so, Kevin. Unless you're Kevin. He likes to fly. I don't know how much he knows about planes, but he's very good at what he's doing. So yeah, he is. Uh, that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, he's doing very good, uh, very awesome. I mean, the the reason why Global looks so nice is because of him. He's doing, you know, the the visual stuff, the the, the visual effects. So, yeah. Every time, every time the guys and I are testing, uh, and and at this point, I'm using that term a little bit loosely because we're, we don't really have to test much at this point. We're just using it to fly. It's well, it's part of testing. I mean, sure. Do you just fly sure. until you hopefully find a crash for us? It's hopefully for you. It's not hopefully you want it to last, you know, as long as possible. Yeah. But, or find a, a a weird an oddity of some kind that we didn't notice before. Yeah. But I mean, we're flying along, and it's like, guys. This looks absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, obviously that takes a team of people who really know what they're doing. And uh, this product is fabulous. It's, it's so, so fun to use and it looks incredible. So, yeah, and it will be actually the first release where I've been taken, I've been taking a big part of it because. Until now, Infinite Flight, I joined last year. Uh, Infinite Flight was already there. Most of the code was already there. And uh, I, I never was part of anything very big. And uh, once Global will be out, I will know, hey, those are my airports, basically. So yeah, that's yeah. that's also a very cool thing. And having people asking me to get into an interview is also something crazy for me. Yeah. Oh, well, we kind of <laughs> just ran out of people. Yeah, I felt like <laughs> Tyler had to work, so oh, I see. Yeah. he wasn't available to interview. Uh, well, I'm, I, I'm I'm kidding. We we've uh, actually we we were we were supposed to have Tyler here today, but he's in transit, I think, so he wasn't able to join. Well, you got shot with... down having Val on before, didn't you? I did. Yeah, actually, I actually yeah. asked. Um, well, we're coming up on what two two full years of flight cast pretty soon and i i checked i think in year one of having jarno and val or it would have been jarno and then shortly after val was on i asked about him and and uh, they said you know what we're just going to keep them sort of in the shadows doing their thing we don't want them to be bombarded with uh you know requests and things like that um and they then, were still on probation uh, yeah maybe that maybe that's the case yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I wouldn't have had much to talk about <laughs> right. anyways yes uh well and at the time when i asked about jarno i was who we still need to have another chat with but um i asked about him and they, they that was the answer because you know and he was he was knee deep in uh making libraries and building airplanes and things like that so um, yeah, it was just a case, I think, of, ah, uh, you know, we're, we're probably, they're probably still feeling out flight casts and, you know, how's this going to go and what, what are they going to, uh-huh. what are the, what's the fallout, <laughs> you know, if this guy, if this the whole thing goes pear-shaped, what, what's going to happen? Um, but, uh. Kind of still waiting on that. Kind of still now, waiting, but, yeah. Uh... <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, nice, nice work and, um. Yeah, was there anything you want to add before we get into some community questions? So my social security number is 
No, I don't know. Uh, because <laughs> there's a bunch of questions on, also on the community. Uh, but, I mean, I, I saw one that was like, um, uh, which was it? Like, uh, any advice for aspiring developers? Yeah, Joshua was asking that. Yeah, so I, I found that one cool because... I mean, when I was going to my uh, software engineering school, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, I want to be a developer because basically they played a lot of video games and they thought, hey, playing video games, it's cool. So I want to make video games thinking it's the same thing. Uh, but it's not. I mean, I, I play Infinite Flight once in a while, but most of it is being in front of a text editor and typing code. Uh, which is very different from video games. Um, so before, like being so being super serious into programming and getting into a school where it's going to cost you a lot, uh, start to learn by yourself because it's very easy to. There's many resources online to learn to code. Um, you have a computer, you can you can code. You can you can you can learn online and. Uh, you can make small programs and see if it's fun to create something. Because it, to me, it was crazy to be able to just type a few things and have my computer uh, start to talk to me uh, through my own program. So, yeah, learn learn online, um, learn by yourself, try to fiddle with code. And just starting to learn to code online will put you already ahead of other people that uh, will go to school because a lot of people go to software engineering school and have never touched uh, a line of code, never written a line of code. So you'll be already ahead of everyone by doing so. Just like if you want to apply to the FAA, you could get an air traffic controller controller job super easy if you've already been using Infinite Flight. Like with you show them all your uh, flight experience. Exactly, your flight all your XP <laughs> and your hours and stuff like that. Show them all the ops that you have and yeah. everything yeah. else. One thing I do want to say, though, is DeVal, man, uh, one thing that he's he's made an adjustment on that I appreciate was on the turning uh, the bank indicator. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, because before you couldn't see it at certain times of the day. Um, but he's he's fixed that for us. Oh, now. yeah. Val, did you so, also do the um, fix the HUD to show up uh, like the um, ILS indicator and stuff like that? No, that was Laura, I oh, think. Okay. Okay, yes. that looks a lot better too. Um, yeah, yes. on the glide slope, that was Laura. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the bank indicator helped out a lot. So, Val, thank you. Well, you're welcome. That's my job. But uh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, it was just adding a little shadow around it. Um, yeah. Well, guys, I think that about covers it. Oh, Mark? and just oh, s- sorry, I, I my wife asked me to talk about her. So I would like to say hi to my wife, Claire. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Claire, is Claire from France as well? No, she's uh, from San Diego. Oh, okay. So I won't, I won't say hello in French then. Hi, Claire. Thanks mm, yeah. for, she, thanks she, for she, worming she your was, way into hi, the Claire. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. So it's you, you guys are living in, uh, Denver, enjoying some skiing. Yeah, uh, we used to live in in the Bay Area in San Francisco Bay Area, and uh, we decided to move uh, to something that has more open space, more mountains, uh, more uh, weather, and uh, we're really liking it here. 
Cool. Well, and you now you get the most sunshine of, out of any state in America. That's uh, I think that's that's just wrong. I mean, uh, <laughs> you don't think that's just, true? No, that's yeah. not true. It's just uh, I mean, they're just saying, OK, one day you see the sky for two minutes. OK, that's a sunshine day. Uh, I mean, I it's it's very it's it's sunny still. It's a pretty sunny like we're used to California. This is this is very sunny, too, but there are more clouds still. It's I mean, I think it's just like one of those things, urban urban um, uh, legend. Uh, still okay. very sunny, okay. but I don't think it's the most sunny in the U.S. I mean, you go to San Diego, but you don't have ever have clouds. So, right, yeah, cool. Mark, you want to add yeah, anything good. before we let this guy go? Oh no, I, I'll still bug him there throughout the day. He knows that. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah, you were very quiet today, Mark. I was just letting you have your time, letting you talk, and you know, it's only once a year Joe gets on, so I was letting him talk and. So I'll just kind of sit back and let you guys have at it. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> it wouldn't be a flowcast you... episode without Mark saying you're welcome to somebody. Yeah. Or dumbass. But, no, dumbass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Well, I already said that at the beginning, so True. my job was done at that point. Well, Val, thanks again, man. I appreciate you joining us and making time for us today. Thank you for having me. I feel like a rock star now. Awesome. Yeah, that that's only a feeling, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our goal. Now, everyone, don't forget to check out Flatcast Cafe for the bonus content from this as well as from other episodes. And that's our show for today. Thanks again to Val for joining us. For more from Val, you can check out our episode live from San Francisco at youtube.com slash audio. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to download Infinite Flight from the App Store or Google Play. For more on the podcast, visit flightcast.audio and be sure to subscribe on iTunes or YouTube. You can find us on social media at Flightcast Audio. Flightcast is brought to you by Linkhouse Media on the web at linkhousemedia.com. To cover the fine print, Flightcast is not affiliated with Infinite Flight or Flying Development Studio. I'm Jason Rosewell. With me today was Mark Denton and Joe Riley. Thanks for listening and happy landings. Happy landings.